So, um, just to give a preview for what's to come over the entire series, I have one question. Oh, goodness. How many times has someone proposed to you? Ooh, okay. Four. Hey guys, and welcome to Men. Screw them. I'm your host, Carly Hay, and I'm here with my mom. Now, she's an amazing woman, and I think she's lived through some stuff, to say the least. And she agreed to let me document her stories here. You ready? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Sounds good. So, just tell me a little bit about your first boyfriend. My first boyfriend. Ever. Ever. Okay, does fifth grade count? Because that's like... Absolutely. We're, starting, we're starting from the beginning. School. Oh, then if we're starting from the beginning. First grade, I had a crush on a boy. His name was Jason. Okay. <laughs> and then we had to move. So, you know, the romance just never hit it off. <laughs> right. But I wrote right. him a note and I said, do you like me? Circle yes or no. And he circled no. Classic. <laughs> Classic. We've all been there. We've all been there. My heart was broken at a very young age. Well, I mean, it just prepared you for the future, right? True. True. Very true. Okay, so next. So next was fifth grade when we moved to Homa. And I'm going to change names because, you yeah, know. absolutely. To protect the guilty. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I had a crush on a boy, and his name was John, and so he decided he was going to be my boyfriend. He asked me to be his girlfriend on a note, will you be my girlfriend, circle yes or no, and I circled yes. See, so you learn from past mistakes there. Right. I didn't send the note. He did. <laughs> well, we dated for a whole week, Ooh, and week. yes, and then... He broke up with me because he said he didn't get what he wanted out of the relationship. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. And what grade was this in? Fifth grade. Ah. I'm not real sure what a fifth grader wanted out of the relationship, but... Extra recess it. time. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe to boost his um, status in school or something. Right. You know, right. be the first fifth grader with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. but I didn't advertise, so no one knew. <laughs> then there were two boys that I had a crush on at the same time. Scandalous. Ooh, a two-timer. Scandalous. And I believe that was in eighth grade. So one boy asked me to be his girlfriend, and the other boy asked my friend to be his girlfriend. And I, we might have dated a whole month at that time so then we decided my friend and i that we were bored with the boys that we had so we decided to swap boys <laughs> i don't even know what to say to that like wife swap wasn't even around at this time so no no so we were ahead of the curve i mean you know yeah it happens so flatten the curve they say flatten the curve <laughs> So, yeah, we swapped boyfriends, and then probably another week or so went by, and my boyfriend, John, <laughs> broke up with me because he still liked the other girl. Oh. Oh. Should have seen that one coming, but I sure didn't. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming? <laughs> they agreed to swap, so. <laughs> I guess. Hi. 
Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, she was a blonde, so, you know, blondes always get more boys. Right, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Continue. <laughs> um, and then, again, in eighth grade, I had a crush on a boy who was older than me. Uh-oh. He was in a band. What was the name of the band first? I oh, need more details than just gosh. he was in a band. I have no idea what was the name of the band. What kind of music? Um, like jazz music. Which, Never mind. <laughs> you know, I love me some jazz, so there's that. That takes all he the played cool the factor away. He played the trumpet in a jazz band. You see, I was picturing there's like, no, There's nothing that takes the cool out of that. No. You're right, you're right. Excuse no. me. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? You're right. Yeah. He was my first kiss. Ooh. Ooh. I need details. Ooh. Come well, on. He was an older boy, and I had no experience in life whatsoever. My mom always just told me, stay away from boys, they're bad news. Should have listened, but I didn't. (laughs) We never do. Anyway, I think we went to the eighth grade dance together. No, he was in 10th grade, so maybe he took me to a dance. I don't remember the details of the dance. Scandalous. But he decided to kiss me at the dance at Vanderbilt Catholic High School. He took me under the bleachers. And under the bleachers? Me. So you're the reason that the bleachers are always closed. Got it. It was a tele- we didn't have the Cobb Center back then. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> that didn't exist. There were no bleacher moving, nothing. Sorry. That was too um, advanced. Yes, I was way too advanced. Yes, so he took me under the bleachers and he kissed me. And my sister found out because he was her age and she freaked out. And um, then I convinced my sister to invite him over because he was her age and there was no way on earth my mother would let me date an older boy. So they became quote unquote friends so that I could spend time with him. (laughs) Look, Nanny's a real one. Yeah, well, she needed to be a real one. I covered her butt for many, many things. <laughs> that's, a, that's for another episode. I'll get here on here. Totally different episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got some stories, too. Um, so from eighth grade, then there was a boy, I guess in ninth grade. No, probably tenth grade, because we were driving by then. Mm-hmm. So, tenth grade. So his name was Brad, and... Um, let me think what happened with him. He drank a lot, and he was only in 10th grade, so... This is Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, it is Louisiana, but I I wasn't into the drinking scene. So, he would go out with his friends, and then, um, we would go out to dinner or something, and he would have already been drinking, so that wasn't cool. But, I put up with it, because he loved me! Right. Yeah. So anyway, one night he called me and he said, hey, there's a teen club in town. Let's go. And I said, nope. And um, I was like, no, I think I'm just going to hang out and chill at home. Well, then he started sounding real suspicious, Mm. making sure I wasn't going anywhere. So I called my friend and I said, hey, we're going to the teen club. What a savage. (laughs) Catch him in the act. That's right. So I get there and I see him and he's with another girl and he's holding her hand and I walked up to her and I said, excuse me, enjoying my boyfriend? And she turned around and she said, as a matter of fact, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And 
on to that. Exactly. Um, I told him he could kiss my ass and never to call me again. There you go. That's the way to handle it. Yes. So, um, that was the beginning of the men who cheated on me. <laughs> Just the tip of the iceberg. Just we'll the get beginning. there. Just we'll get the there. beginning. Yes. So, then, yeah, I left. And he dated that girl for about two weeks. And then he came, showed up at my house. With a boombox on his shoulder like all the 80s movies. I mean, this was the 90s, so... Oh, forgive me. No. Um, but yes, he showed up in his, like, Camaro... Um, you know, so you went for Ronnie. Roll, windows rolled down, jamming some hardcore like break broken heart music, and then he requested to see me. <laughs> now, how did your parents receive this at the door? Um, they asked me if I wanted to see him, and I said, "Sure, it's fine." And they said, "Are you positive?" And I said, "Yes, it's fine, no okay. big deal." Okay. So then we went for a walk around the neighborhood, and he cried and cried and told me I was the best thing that ever happened to him, and he was sorry he cheated on me, and he never should have done it, and please give him another chance, and on and on and on. We all know the same old story, right? Well, I was smarter in the tenth grade than I am now, right? Or, or you know, some of the times in my life, but. So I told him he could kiss it and keep to keep on stepping. So yeah, he moved on, and then he ended up getting married later. And he still, every time I see him, tells me I'm the best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> and you know, he's so sorry he cheated on me. I was the best girl in his entire life. Blah blah. I feel like that's blah. one thing that we're gonna find that recurs quite a lot is that you're always the best thing that happens to somebody. Yes, but you know, they can't see it at the time. They just come back later and tell me. Exactly. Yes, and beg for my forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So anyway. We don't And this rule. boy was the boy who his friends decided it was a good idea to play a practical joke on me. Now, I would love for you to tell that story. I've heard that story multiple times, but I feel like that's a story that needs to be known. Okay. So, one night, he was stuck at work, and he said, my friends are going to come and pick you up. I hope you don't mind. And we were going to some party or something afterwards. And so, I was like, yeah, that's fine. I knew his friend well, so I had no problem getting in the car with his friend. So, we get in the car, and we're driving down the road, and there's a guy hitchhiking. And his friend says, oh, wow, this guy looks like he needs help. I'm going to stop and pick him up. And I said, are you crazy? Do not stop this car. You must be insane. Don't stop this car. And I was freaking out. Well, he stopped. And the guy gets in the car, and he pulls a gun on us. And he's holding the gun to the friend, who's the driver, and he tells him to drive into a parking lot that's secluded with no lights. So I start really freaking out at this point. I think he's going to kill us. I figure he's going to rape me and leave me for dead. I don't know what's going to happen at this point. So the driver, my boyfriend's friend, pulls into this parking lot and it's completely black. And the guy tells him, get out the car and take the keys with you. So I'm like holding on to him for dear life. And I'm like, don't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. Don't leave me here. So he does it. He gets out of the car and he goes to the back of the truck. And the guy's still holding the gun on him. And then all of a sudden I hear, pow, pow, pow. And I think, well, that didn't sound like a gun. So I turn around and it's firecrackers. And the guys are cracking up laughing. 
They were hysterically laughing because they got me. I wanted to kill them. I was wishing the gun was real because I probably would have shot him right there. So I actually literally beat the crap out of the driver (laughs) (laughs) and told him he was an asshole and I couldn't believe he did that to me. Well, it's made for a fun story ever since then, but it was not fun at the time. I can't even imagine. And my boyfriend knew nothing about it. (laughs) He had no clue his friends were doing that. So he was not happy either when I told him what happened. I just, I love that your first thought was, that didn't sound like a gun. Well, I had been to um, summer camp, and I was a, a marksman in riflery. Flex? Okay. So, I didn't know this about you. Come on. So I knew what a gun sounded like, and that definitely did not sound like a gun. So then at some point, I was like, mm, something's up here. So I turned around to look at them, and they were hysterically mm-hmm. laughing. It was not funny. I was not happy. Right, right. And it all stemmed from a comment I made one time when we were all together. And I said, oh, no, I had the hiccups. (laughs) And somebody said, I can scare the hiccups away from you. And I just started laughing. And I said, nothing scares me. So it all stemmed from that comment right there. They decided to scare my hiccups away. See, I feel like you couldn't do that today because it would be so easy to like call nine one one. Yes, we didn't have cell phones. Exactly. Back then. Yeah, but I almost took off running like to the nearest house, but I was afraid that if it was real, that like he could shoot me from a distance. So you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't necessarily have to be in arm's reach to right. shoot a gun. So you know, I didn't feel like dying that day. Yeah. That was not the day I wanted to die. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, any. Then after that, after that, I dated a guy. His name was Greg. And he was really good friends with my best friend. His name was Doug. And so Greg, little did I know, he also was an alcoholic. And are y'all finding, y'all seeing a theme here yet? I mean, that's only two, but yeah. here we go. And what grade are you in? Uh, at this point, I'm like end of 10th grade, beginning of 11th. No, probably end of... Middle 10th grade, end of 10th grade, right. summer, somewhere around there. Perfect. Two alcoholics, junior year. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe hadn't made it to junior year yet, but around that time. Anyway, so um, this guy, he actually was adorable, but he had a severe drinking problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he would get sloppy, wasted, drunk to where he would, like, pass out, didn't know his name, um, start crying, you know, you know the story. Yes, like Y'all what have... people call social drinking nowadays. Right, 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 right. Y'all have all had a friend like that. Admit it, you have. Or a family member, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I tried, I was trying to fix him. So after one party where he was wasted drunk, and we had to pick him up and literally put him in the back of the car. The driver decided to slip a tab of acid and started flipping out and having a seizure while he was driving through the tunnel. The tunnel? The tunnel. <laughs> scariest moment of my entire... No, I don't know. At that point, maybe the scariest moment of my entire life, besides the whole gun situation. But I, I saw my life flash before my eyes for sure that day because, like... 
the driver's having a seizure, we're going into the other lane, like, we're gonna get hit head on. And it's not like you can go but, off the road, because that's wall. Right. So my friend, who was in the front seat with the driver, luckily thought enough, he grabbed the wheel and basically took control of the situation. So Doug was a hero. Yay, Doug. Yay, Doug. And um, we had to bring him to the hospital and all kinds of stuff. It was terrible. Well, after that night, I was like, uh-uh, this is not my life. I do not want to be here. I'm not doing this. End of discussion. Peace out. So I dumped him. Of course, he cried and told me I was the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah, yeah. And he was very upset and did not want me to break up with him. He swore he was going to quit drinking, blah, 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 blah. But I, I didn't have time for that. I was young. Right. Right. So then there was this boy. His name was Corey. Well, actually, so let me back up a bit. Maybe in ninth, 10th grade, I had a crush on this guy. His name was Mike. And I liked him because he, well, he was cute. But also he, he was very kind. So I think he was in 10th, we were in 10th grade. And so a lot of times when I would go to volunteer to do things like work at the orphanage or, um, go and serve food to the homeless or the elderly or even like to paint the fingernails of the old ladies at the old folks home that's so cute he didn't go to school with me but he was always there doing the same things so i really liked him i thought he had a great personality i thought he had a great um good heart yeah a good heart just a sweet person well his best friend was a girl and she did not like me for some reason Hmm. i think she really had a thing for him so we were supposed to go to homecoming together in 10th grade. I asked him to go to my homecoming. He asked me to go to his. And, um, and you know, we hung out a lot. He was really sweet. Well, then we go to his homecoming and his friend, his quote unquote best friend, decides that she doesn't want him seeing me anymore. So she creates this drama and she like, tells him that she's in love with him and she doesn't want us dating and then there was this guy who had been having a crush on me for years who was at the same dance and so it turns out him and Mike were friends and he tells Mike that he doesn't want him seeing me either so it turns into this whole thing because he tells him that he's in love with me he's been in love with me for years and if Mike wasn't dating me he and I could be together Yada, yada, yada. So, So, you're just a guy magnet. You think that's it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) A troubled guy magnet. So, anyway, this guy, Corey, I reject him, and he gets all upset, and (laughs) this is terrible. Um, He gets drunk and, like, really, really drunk and ends up with this girl, and um, they are married today. There you go, bringing people together. <laughs> right, right, right. Always look at the positive side of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they ended up, they're together because she ended up pregnant that night. <laughs> so after like 10th grade. Oh, 10th grade. Let, let's try and go through high school. Oh, that's a long journey. We don't have to make it like, let's make it kind of. Let's end in senior year because senior year is a whole story in and of itself. All right. Senior year is another book. All right. So let's see, junior year, 
Well, I started having crushes on all the boys. I guess it would. No, that probably would have ended the sophomore year too. I started having crushes on all the boys in my confirmation class. No, that had to be junior year. Anyway, all the boys I didn't know from school because, you know, you go to Vanderbilt, you don't really mingle with the kids in the neighborhood, like, or the kids that go to other schools around you, you don't really know them. Yeah, you're in that bubble from preschool to senior year. Right. Well, about 10th, 11th grade, I started uh, expanding outside that bubble. Um, So I started having crushes on boys from Ellender, boys from Terrebonne, boys from, yeah, South Terrebonne, you know, boys from all over. So um, let's see. Which one do you want to know about? (laughs) Go in chronological order. I guess that's when I actually technically started dating, like where my parents didn't really ask a lot of questions. 10th, 10th, 11th grade, you know, like 16, they said you can date at 16. And I think their only rule was like they had to meet the person when they came pick me up for the date. So I think I went on a lot of dates in 10th and 11th grade. So um, there was this boy, Terry, which I don't even know why I had a crush on him because he was so mean to me when he went to Vanderbilt. All I'm picturing is Terry Crews. Continue. (laughs) Well, he was real, real dumb. But um, I later found out when I was in college that he was stoned the whole time. So that's why he was real dumb. But (laughs) uh, now he's a very successful business owner. There you go. And has like rental properties and lots of money. But anyway... So I went on a date with him and um, he was the guy in high school. He ended up getting kicked out of Vanderbilt and he had to go to South Terrebonne. And he would pants me every day in PE. Oh, how romantic. You know, it was mortifying. And no one would tell me that he was behind me. And you know, there's a lot of people in the gym, so you just don't pay attention. No one would give you a heads up. Right. Wow. So I just started buying really long shirts so that when he would pants me, you couldn't see anything. Why wouldn't <laughs> so, you just wear shorts underneath your shorts? Back then, that wasn't a thing. There was no, like, bike shorts you could wear underneath your... I mean, not... Like, not that you couldn't see. Like, uh, you know, they were, like, down to your knees. They're, like, today's little... Whatever that trendy... Thing is that people are wearing nowadays like softy shorts like we have to use we used to have to wear in like pe and no that's the kind of shorts they were yeah was the, was the pe shorts yeah but then like bike shorts or whatever they call i think they called them biking shorts they were literally biking shorts and like that was the only thing like they came down to your knees and uh, yeah it just was real tacky and so yeah i just bought longer shirts it worked out it was fine so <laughs> Um, I don't remember where he took me on the date. I think he took me like to the park, like at dark to go play on the swings, which was kind of cute. I mean, I do that now. So I mean, it was a cute date. Um, but then when he dropped me off at home, he started to get very aggressive, like kissing, Mm -hmm. like trying to kiss me, trying to touch me. And I was like, Oh, uh, hold up, hold up. Time (laughs) out. This ain't happening. So we never went out on a date again. Womp womp. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. Then I saw him in college, and he was like, you look kind of different. I was like, yeah, I'm uh, six months pregnant, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And I was like, you act kind of different. He's like, yeah, I'm not stoned anymore. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, good. 
So yeah, we had swimming class together, which was interesting. Um, and then let's see who else. Oh, then they had a boy from Texas who moved into town. Woo, he was sexy. <laughs> we got a foreigner. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was because he was just different and nobody really knew him. Look, we all know how excited you get when a new kid shows up at school. Yes, yes, you're right. You're it's right. like a brand new pet. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, he was from Texas, and he was exotic because he was from Texas. He was tall and skinny, good bone structure, curly hair, you know, just yeah. totally different than the South Louisiana crew we had here. <laughs> True. Um, and I had the biggest crush on him, but he did not have a crush on me. He liked me just as a friend, mm. and... Um, there was this girl, her name was Christina. She lived in the neighborhood. These were all neighborhood kids. Um, and Christina was this blonde with these crystal blue eyes and she had the perfect skin. Um, so yeah, every boy from that point on that I had a crush on, they ended up going out with Christina. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there's that. But I ended up friends with this guy from Texas and we ended up being pretty good friends for a long time until my senior year. Um, And then I think he moved back to Texas or something. I don't remember what happened to him, but we just went our separate ways. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I have one question for you about all of this. So C.S. Lewis talks about, um, the difference between gift love and need love and need love is kind of like how we have to love God because we're so dependent on him and gift love is like we're expendable to God we don't really need to exist so like his love is a gift to us like did you learn anything about the difference between like need love and gift love in all of your high school relationships oh that's a good question um You know, I think a lot of my relationships ended up being relationships because I felt like I needed love. I didn't have a strong faith back then. I I just went through the motions of being a Catholic. I I, I actually resented a lot of what I was taught because um, my mother would use religion as a weapon towards me. So, um, and in my family, I was never good enough. Um, I had the super smart brother who just like excelled at everything academically and then I had the super talented sister who was athletic and she could play music and she could do art and so everyone would say oh your brother he's so smart oh your sister she's so talented and then I'd just be standing there and I would say like, even as a young kid, I'd be like, what about me? And they'd say, oh, you're pretty. <laughs> Which was terrible. That's terrible. It's horrible. Because at a young age, you realize, like, okay, first of all, pretty doesn't last. Pretty, exactly. pretty is temporary. Like, everyone in the end is old and wrinkly, and, and they're not attractive. I mean, there's some rare occasions that maybe there's some old people that are attractive. But no one looks like they do when they're whatever age. So, I mean, some of them, thank God, but (laughs) some of those ages. But yeah, so that was all I had. It's like people would tell me, oh, you have a pretty smile. Oh, 
your eyes are so pretty or, you know, some nonsense like that where that was not who I was and no one really knew who I was as a person. So, you know, I had learning disabilities or I have learning disabilities. I had trouble communicating. So I feel like I was searching for that needed love in a lot of my early relationships. And I felt like my love was a gift to them. Mm. Because a lot of the people I ended up with were so damaged that I felt like I was giving them a gift by loving them because they also didn't have love in their lives. Right. If I really stop and think back, like, even as far as my fifth grade boyfriend, his dad was abusive. And then the next... What? seventh grade um his parents well one of his parents was super super um superficial the only thing that mattered was looks and money and and what, that was the same name brands that was the same one who said that you couldn't date each other because they, you didn't have enough money yes and then the other ones um were they came from messed up families too like the the boy who I swapped the boy for girlfriend with, <laughs> um, the one that broke up with me came from an alcoholic family. He wasn't an alcoholic yet because he was only in seventh grade, <laughs> but right. um, yeah. So I think that's probably why I was attracted to them is because I felt like by loving them, I could give them a gift and I was searching for that love that God provides to you that in, in my younger days, I didn't see, I couldn't see, I couldn't feel it, I couldn't recognize it. So, I think that's, that's what I learned. You said you were searching for need love, but do you think you were searching more for... Do you think you were searching more for a gift love that was gifted to you? Because, it, like, we love God out of necessity and our dependence on Him... So did you want to be dependent on someone? No. Okay. I have never wanted to be dependent on someone ever in my life. That's what I thought. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I hate to keep talking about my childhood, but I was very controlled in my youth. And even in my young adulthood, I was very controlled. Everyone told me what to do, how to do it, where to do it, when to do it. And I had no control at all over my own life. So the last thing I wanted was to need someone or to depend on someone or... Right. I, I felt like I was the only one who would not let me down. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to feel indebted to someone or something? No. no. But I had no problem giving the gift of love to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it was my friends, whether it was my, you know, boys in my life, it didn't matter you know, and a lot of times it ended up being damaged people. My dad would always tell me I was a collector of stray cats <laughs> um, because a lot of my friends had either abusive parents or parents who were not there at all. Um, you could go to their house and they had no food in their pantry, nothing in their refrigerator. Their parents hadn't been home in a week. Right. And they were left to their own devices. And so I... I don't know, I would bring them food or I would invite them to my house to stay or whatever, you know. There were people I even tried to, well, there were people that I even took in to live with me. So 
you know. And I don't think that compassion, like that type of compassion, is necessarily a bad thing. I think you just have to be careful in protecting your heart and like kind of knowing the balance of not making it out to be more than it really is. Right. And I, uh, it took me a long, 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 long time <laughs> to learn that lesson. There's this group of guys and they were funny and they were different and they listened to different music and they just had a good time all the time. And so I started hanging out with them and, um, they ended up being some of my best friends all throughout the end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year. And, um, and I ended up dating one of them. And the rest of the story will be in the next podcast. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. <laughs> Men. Screw them.